It's now time for Trivia Tracks with yours truly, Price Robertson. Now, here is today's Trivia Track. Coming up with an idea for a TV show must be difficult. That would explain why producers sometimes just revive old shows with the word new in the titles. Hoping success will follow. As this example proves, it rarely works. CBS TV was so eager to get Dick Van Dyke to return to television to repeat the success of the Dick Van Dyke show that it was willing to do anything. Van Dyke made some steep demands. He wanted a guarantee that the show would air for three years, wanted full creative control, and wanted to tape it at a studio in Arizona where he was living at the time. The network met them all, so Van Dyke and Carl Reiner created the new Dick Van Dyke show in 1971. The new Dick Van Dyke show ended up being very similar to the old Dick Van Dyke show. It was a mixture of the lead character's work life, backstage at a TV show, this time a local TV talk show, and his family life. On the original Dick Van Dyke show, Van Dyke played comedy writer and father Rob Petrie, while on the new Dick Van Dyke show, he played TV talk show host and father Dick Preston. Hope Lang co-starred as his wife Jenny, and Angela Powell, a native of Arizona, appeared as the Preston's daughter, Annie. Like the original, the new Dick Van Dyke show began rehearsing an episode on Wednesday and shot it in front of a live audience the following Tuesday. In its first two seasons, the show did not do too well in the ratings. The third season saw the show move production to Hollywood, and Van Dyke's character was now a soap opera star. The change improved the show's ratings, but trouble began when an episode was produced about the fallout surrounding the Preston's daughter accidentally walking in on her parents having sex. The network refused to air the show, and this so incensed Carl Reiner and Dick Van Dyke, they chose to discontinue the show after the third year, and the new Dick Van Dyke show was history. On June 1st, 2008, a fire broke out on the back lot of Universal Studios Hollywood. The fire began when a worker used a blowtorch to warm asphalt shingles that were being applied to a facade. He left before checking that all spots had cooled, and a three-alarm fire broke out. Nine firefighters and a Los Angeles County Sheriff's deputy sustained minor injuries. The fire was extinguished after 12 hours. Universal Pictures claimed that the fire destroyed a three-acre portion of the Universal backlot, including the attraction King Kong Encounter, and 40,000 to 50,000 archived digital video and film copies. In 2019, a New York Times magazine expose asserted that the fire also destroyed 118,000 to 175,000 audio master tapes belonging to Universal Music Group. This included original recordings belonging to some of the best-selling artists worldwide. Among them, Sheryl Crow, Peter Frampton, Jimmy Eat World, Elton John, Michael McDonald, Nirvana, Les Paul, R.E.M., Slayer, Sonic Youth, Suzanne Vega, The Surfaris, Joe Stampley, Hank Thompson, YNT, and Soundgarden. UMG initially disputed the story, saying it contained, quote-unquote, numerous inaccuracies and fundamental misunderstandings of the scope of the incident and affected assets, but was unable to disclose details due to, as they put it, constraints. However, CEO Lucian Grange later confirmed that there had been a significant loss of musical archives. Question. Who is Donald Welch? In the wrestling world, he was best known by the ring name 
Don Bass. The man who became Don Bass grew up in West Memphis, Arkansas. And yes, he did have a connection with another famous Arkansan, Ronald Hurd, also known as Outlaw Ron Bass. Launching his wrestling career in 1973, Don Bass found early success as a tag team wrestler, teaming up with Ron Bass as a member of the heel stable, the Bass Family. The duo was managed by their kayfabe mother, Ma Bass, who carried a loaded purse, with which she would strike their opponents to steal a victory. In the early 80s, Don Bass joined Continental Wrestling Association as one half of the interns with Roger Smith. The Bass duo will become a staple in Memphis Tag Team Wrestling, capturing the AWA Southern Tag Team Championship on five occasions. Later, the team will be repackaged as Fire and Flame, once again winning the Southern Tag titles. During this time, Bass defeated Jerry Lawler in a tag team match, winning the AWA Southern Heavyweight Championship his first and only major singles championship. In 1987, after a brief absence, he returned to CWA. And, in an angle, he tried unsuccessfully to become a country singer by lip-syncing to songs that were originally sung by Bobby Bear. Later in his career, he ran a training school in Jericho, Arkansas. He passed away of cancer September 16, 2016, at the age of 70, almost a year before outlaw Ron Bass. Hailing from Dublin, Ireland, this beloved theatrical show has stolen everyone's hearts away for over a quarter of a century. Yes, Riverdance, known for its large number of performers, thrilling audiences with wonderful Irish music and dance. The Riverdance crew have performed on network news specials, PBS, and even The Late Show with David Letterman. With a score composed by Bill Whelan, Riverdance began life as an interval performance act during the 1994 Eurovision Song Contest, featuring Irish dancing champions Gene Butler, the vocal ensemble Anuna, and Chicago-bred Michael Flatley. Shortly afterwards, the husband and wife production team of John McColgan and Boya Doherty expanded it into a stage show which opened in Dublin on February 9th, 1995. The five-week run was sold out within three days of the tickets going on sale, with tickets reaching record sales of over 120,000. In April of 95, video release of Riverdance went straight to number one in the Irish charts. In October that year, Michael Flatley left Riverdance over a contract dispute. The show not only toured its native Ireland, but also London and New York City, plus a few other major cities in America. Since the very first outing, the show has visited over 450 venues worldwide and has been seen by over 25 million people, making it one of the most successful dance productions in the world. It continues to be performed all over the world, but now in a diminished format and in smaller venues. From out of Hot Springs, Arkansas, also known as Spa City, stands more than just bathhouses, woodland gardens, and a mountain, to name a few. There stands an aesthetics practice that brings people the very best in becoming the new you themselves. Ageless Aesthetics of Arkansas was founded in 1996 as the Arkansas Institute of Aesthetics. And yes, there are a ton of ageless aesthetics practices across the country. For years, the institute was run by Jeffrey Harold, a board-certified plastic surgeon, who began the first multi-specialty laser medical course while stationed at Madigan Army Base in Seattle. Among the services offered there, body sculpting, skin tightening, tattoo removal, dye sport injections, 
and of course, Botox injections done to perfection by the practices injector extraordinaris, Brandy Daniels. In 2020, the Institute changed its name to Ageless Aesthetics of Arkansas, whose staff currently comprises of Daniels, Rhonda Klatt, Tammy Hughes, Mackenzie Johnson, and Candy Garrison, or the Triple A Team, as I call them, Triple A as an Ageless Aesthetics of Arkansas. For more amazing trivia, check out the Trivia Tracks podcast at thewatchitawpodcast.com. Till next time, I'm Price Robertson. Amazed by today's trivia? Then join me every Monday through Friday morning for Trivia Tracks on Fox Sports Camden 97.1.